This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. I'm looking him right dead in the eyes. Yeah, this is really uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. I just decided to drill in there. (laughs) Uh, He's a podcaster, a writer, producer, and many other nouns. It's Ken Plume. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Oh, this is a pleasure. I'm glad we could do this. This has been a long time coming. (laughs) We've been talking about this. Four years? Yeah, you've been on the on podcast before, but it was on a live one at Dragon Con. I was Dragon probably Con. half asleep. Yeah, and it was, I think it was many, It was like 1957. It was many years yeah. ago, a long yeah. time you, ago. You, you've reinvented the podcast a few dozen times <laughs> since then. I really have. People weren't paying attention back when I was time traveling. Also, maybe not have 17 guests on a single episode. <laughs> I learned that lesson. Like, let's all talk about, I think that was the one where like uh, we had one person who was interested in Jimmy Stewart, an obscure movie, and you were talking about the Muppets. Like, yes. These are all quite... Big topics all by themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was quite a juggling act. <laughs> it was a juggling Sometimes act. Sometimes you lose some balls. I did. I lost some balls, but we all had fun. <laughs> the, a good moral, right? Uh, so I, I always ask people about their nouns because so many of us do lots of different things. And it can be hard to keep up with like how people are currently thinking of themselves and what they're actively doing. So right. what, what do you feel like your active nouns are right now? Ooh. I'm actively still a podcaster. Excellent. So still doing a bit of a chat, which is my most active podcast, where I just talk to people about things for hours on end. <laughs> that is really... As you well know. That's one of the staples, right? That is one of the staples. Yeah. I'm one of the guys who skates out early after, like, two hours sometimes. It's a show... It's like it busts the staples. Like, yeah. you have surgical staples. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to go back to the doctor now. We've clearly gone... Yeah. I right. shouldn't have strained myself that way. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a long-form conversation about whatever comes up. There's no... You've been on it a couple of times. Yeah. Now. No real agenda. Yeah. And sometimes you do, like, really great sort of journalistic interviews, and sometimes you just, like, bullshit and have fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a crapshoot as to which episode you'll get <laughs> with whatever guest yeah. uh, at any point. So it, uh, it it's whatever shape the conversation takes. I go in with no agenda. Okay, and I come out with no agenda. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned nothing yes. again today. <laughs> so mainly doing that. Uh, I had the Venture Brothers uh, Art of Book that oh, came out right. last year. So there was the Go Team Venture, the Art of the Venture Brothers from Dark Horse, which is a comprehensive to that point. Since the show is still on, history making of the show. Okay. It's about a 40-pound book. (laughs) So it's art of, so obviously there are pictures. There's plenty of art. There's plenty of development, production art. But I thought, well, why don't we just go in-depth on every episode in the creative process? Okay. So it was four years in the making of interviews with Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, the the guys behind the show. Yeah. And we explored every nook and cranny. (laughs) Imagine if... A, a more focused bit of a chat was a book. <laughs> a bit was, of a book. Yeah. It was a bit of a book. <laughs> a bit of a book. Nice. And then you, you produce things as well, right? You produce a couple podcasts? I, I produce uh, Bill Corbett's podcast. Nice. Uh, Bill Corbett's Funhouse. Uh, I produce We Got This with Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi. Nice. All friends of the show. Uh, and uh, I do production work on, uh, what is, Peanut Gallery for Josh Kagan and Molly Lewis. Oh, Nice. And for Craig and Carla Kakowski, I do Craigslist post-production <laughs> for them. 
<laughs> okay, so you when you do you're saying post production, like you're literally editing, mastering, making the audio sound make, good. Make it sound nice and clean. Sometimes yeah. the editing like on We Got This is more in depth than Bill's podcast is a lot more in depth and sort of tightening things up and, and making it a, a much neater package. Yeah. For what the when the person finally listens to it at the, the end of it. Yeah. I mean pulling the curtain back, I did an episode of We Got This with Hal and Mark, but Hal had a bad cough because he was sick, and he had a little clicker that made a nice big little sound dog level. Clicker. A little dog clicker, and it was amazing to go through the the podcast of Hal be like, "Well, what do you think?" Oh, click, <laughs> click. Anyway, uh, yeah. and then you get to edit things like that. Or, or you know, hearing Mark go, I, 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 "Click that." <laughs> does, he does he literally say "click that"? Yeah, you know what? If I had more hours in the day and more life to waste, I would do a supercut. All right, of click of that. All of the coughs, click that. Yeah, lip smacks. As producer, was that okay to take that look behind the curtain? It was fine. Okay. Yeah. People okay. know how magic is done. They, <laughs> you know that people don't speak perfectly all the yeah. time. There's a lot of ums and uhs. Yeah. But exactly. that's the joy, you know, of post production is if you eliminate all that stuff beforehand, the person listening on the far side of it doesn't know it was ever there or not. Yeah. So just to let uh, listeners know, I've gone back and forth on Obsessed of Sometimes. Like, I had a co-producer for a while, and, and she was an um uh, monitor, and I think got to know the waveform of my um and uh, would remove them. And lately, I, it's really pretty much getting someone to know the then, waveform of your um. Oh, I know, I know some people's ums. <laughs> I can, I can tell. Like sometimes when people speak now, I'm like I can see your waveform. Do you get about when you do your own post? Yeah. and editing. Do you get OCD about some things mm, and sounds? No, no. I like I said, I've gone back and forth, and I only edit things that are like content based. Right. If I feel like, well, we really went off topic and it wasn't great or somebody said something like whoops i wasn't supposed to say that about a thing in hollywood or that i'll get right. asked for that every once in a while and you're like no you said it it's on the record i'm <laughs> taking too bad. it i it. it tmz hello that's it yeah i like the uh i like the intimacy of this is a real conversation right for the most part like you don't edit a bit of chat for ums and ahs right i have in <laughs> Recent months, yeah, gone in and done a bit of tightening that I wouldn't otherwise have done. It used to be just basically it's the raw file. I'll clean it up, yeah. I'll level it, and send it out into the wild. Yeah, I've since gone in and got. Well, I'll give a pass and yeah. see if there's anything obvious I can sort of make it feel like a better flow. Plus, I've been going in now and doing teasers and extracting okay. teasers, and that requires listening to pick out a good really, one minute clip yeah. that is you know a, a representative entertaining piece that will draw people into the episode <laughs> yeah instead so of just sort of been forcing uh, me to do that okay that yeah. yeah i do take them out if they are spectacular i should be honest like there was an episode i did a little while ago where the i thought the conversation was great the guest was great and i had one just spectacular like watching someone fall down a flight of 47 stairs of a um well you know what i that's the uh, of course the words were backward but you, uh, 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 it was like you know, out of kindness. Right. But you save that for your own personal file to listen to every once in a while. It's a oh, yeah. touch tone. Yeah. When I'm feeling good about myself, I just play that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that. the other thing. You can go in and make yourself look better in the audio. Oh, yes. Yes. But you there'll know. be none of that today. But, yeah. No. No. I'm going to keep in every spectacular. You're actually going to double uh. up. In fact, he had me record some wild ums and uhs that he's going to insert throughout the episode. So keep an ear out for those. That's right. If there's just suddenly like, well, he's really making a good point. And then, ah. Uh, Welcome to the um-ah drinking game. 
unobsessed. All right. Speaking of drinking games, I just wanted any segue <laughs> to get into the main topic. You're welcome. We are going to talk about Disney parks. Now, I want to lay this out. You are one of the few guests where I know you've wanted to talk about this forever. I had your podcasting partner, Mark Gagliardi, on. He wanted to talk about Disney parks because he worked there. And right. at the beginning of the episode, I said... We are going to do another one of these about the exact same topic with Ken Plume. So here we are, a promise fulfilled. I appreciate it immensely. (laughs) Not that I have anything to say on the topic. Oh, please. (laughs) Oh, please. A bit of a chat. Here we go. This is going to be therapy. This is going to get into some, I'm sure, some deep places of you going, what what really is your deal? Yeah. Let's start with your childhood. Seriously. No, it is how I like to begin. What is your, what is the beginning of your obsession with Disney parks? Do you remember the first time you went to one? I do. It was Disneyland, and it was when my father was stationed in Orange County. Okay. And I always get it confused because there are two bases that were side by side. There was Tustin and El Toro. Tustin was the air base. Okay. El Toro is where the housing was. So he, he was stationed at Tustin working at the, the whatever the helicopter squadron was there. Okay. But we lived on El Toro. So we were in Orange County. And I remember, and you know, this is now something that I have actively to resent my parents for is that we lived for four years and now knowing the distances as an adult, it is literally maybe 15 minutes from where we live. Yeah. And I only recall going once. Wow. To Disneyland. So I have a lot of issues with my parents right now. Okay. So a lot of your interest is maybe like correcting the errors of the past. Yeah. I was always a Disney fan. I love the Disney films. I People listening may not know, but Joseph certainly does. That I do. Uh, I'm a big fan of Scrooge McDuck and Donald Duck, and those comic books were what I was introduced to as a kid. Okay, because you used to get those in the the grab bags at oh, convenience yeah. stores. Yeah. You used to have like the Whitman books, which was the Disney licensee at the time. So you had a whole bunch of crap books, and maybe you had an Uncle Scrooge or a Donald <laughs> in there. Uh, so I was a big fan. And you were aware of Disneyland, right? Yes, I mean you couldn't live. In Orange County and not have kids talking about their parents taking them to Disneyland. <laughs> so but, wh- how did it happen then that you, you went? Did you pester or did they just decide? I think they just decided. And because I've since found a ticket that's like a summer magic because they used to prorate the tickets. So if you just showed up in the evening, you got uh, a cheaper admission okay. ticket. So I found one of those stubs in like a scrapbook. And so I'm thinking, did they even just take me to like a discount <laughs> version of going to the parks? <laughs> like we're not even going for a full day. We're going to go get that after dark discount. <laughs> it's magical after take dark. Take him in and show him a pirate and leave. <laughs> Is that what happened? What was your I was, experience? We have no photos okay. of me with any characters as a kid. I have photos with Woody Woodpecker from Universal Studios, but not a single one with Mickey Mouse. Okay. So I don't, oh, I don't remember any rides at all. I just know... A, that we went, and B, that my parents didn't buy me any souvenir, and I don't remember if this was an argument between my parents, (laughs) or maybe the sad child being lugged back, because at the time, what's now California Adventure was the parking lot. Okay. It used to be just an endless, massive sea of cars. And you could get alcohol there, just like you can in California In the parking lot, yeah. Yeah. You used to buy, yeah, yeah. out of the backs of cars, there was all kinds of, Milwaukee's best. (laughs) Milwaukee's best, the true California Adventure. Uh, So, I remember my, I have a clear vision of my father running back to whatever uh, 
souvenir stand was outside the park gates <laughs> to buy me a little Donald Duck doll. Aww. So it's kind of balanced out by the fact that I have no photos of that. They went on a discount ticket, and that was a last-minute, oh, we didn't get him anything. But in your memory, it must be magical for you to be this huge of a fan who goes as often as you do. Like, was it magical, or do you, is it more the absence of magic that you were trying to reclaim by going back? I mean, Disneyland, within the American psyche, the Disney parks in general, occupy this, this sort of massive position of, well, that's like the ultimate vacation destination yeah. that's the best place to go it's the most magical and so you obsess i don't you know as as a kid do you recall growing up in the midwest and having this perception of oh there are these disney parks out there that every sports person's talking about at the end of a super bowl yeah. or all these commercials are touting you know go take a magical vacation yeah no i mean in my uh, parents uh, uh my father in particular worked extremely hard but we were not super super wealthy so it was and it's a journey it was an impossibility like living here in la now where it's you know i'm an hour drive from anaheim and it is sort of like i'm an hour drive yeah i mean but that's just because like (laughs) being busy and it's still incredibly expensive yeah uh only gotten more so oh yes uh we can talk about that wars um yes i had an adventure in galaxy's edge yesterday well we can talk about it at some point uh maybe on the podcast maybe off but uh anyway uh yeah it was so it was extra magical because it was impossible. It was like being beamed onto the enterprise. And we it was that, like that you kid know, at school or that neighbor whose family saved and saved. I had a neighbor right next door on yeah. base in Quantico, and they had a massive like water jug that you would have on a water cooler. And whenever they had change, they would throw it in the jug. Yeah. And the promise was when it was full, they would go to Disney World. Yeah. And then... We heard one day the jug was full and my neighbors were going to Disney World. <laughs> the jug is full. <laughs> okay, so so it, I, I take your point that in the larger picture it does absolutely occupy this this level of fantasy and obsession. From your memory as a kid, did you get the promise of the magic, or is it or is it really more you remember the my memory, duck? My memory is I enjoying it. Yeah, and then always wanting to have an adult sense of. You know, adult memory of going on rides. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't until... So that was probably... It was pretty close to when we left. So it was maybe 83 okay. that we went. So I would have been five going on six okay. at the time. Uh, so still way older than my horrible parents should have. <laughs> the great parents. I just want to make that a note. But this one thing, I'm not going to let them forget. Uh, so... It wasn't until I went to go visit my grandmother, who lives in Orange County. My grandparents, uh, they were both alive at the time. Uh, and I had a had established like a pen pal relationship with a storyboard artist at Disney Television Animation. Oh, damn. And he said, if you ever come out, then I have employee passes can get you into the park. Okay. And so it was 1991. And it was the summer of 91, and I was going out to visit my grandparents. My grandmother took me up to Burbank. We toured, like, his animation place. We went to the Disney Studio lot. And then we went to Disneyland. Yeah. So this is my first, now, actual memory. And you're, like, a teen, right? Then uh, yeah. I am bad so I would have been 13 going on 14. Okay, wow, yes, yes. Stepping into the world as a true adult. Right, right. <laughs> Usually the time that 
kids would be jaded. Yeah. About going to a die. <laughs> this is for this is kid stuff. Not me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, or arrested. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Gen X in particular could, uh, you know, had a lot of like pushback against sincerity. Yeah. So this is notable that you were like. But I wasn't a grunge kid. I wasn't a goth kid. I wasn't pushing back again. I was wholly embracing every little bit of childhood. You're like, F yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Donald these, these action figures stay. No, yeah. these aren't going. The yard sale? What are you? Nuts. Yes. No. Yeah. Insanity. Yeah. yeah. This stuff is going to stay forever. Yeah. Uh, so what was that experience then? Was that where the magic truly got into your soul? It was great to go in there and have this desperate desire to go there and have it be all these wonderful rides that you've heard so much about. I was also a big fan of the Disney Afternoon lineup, and they happened to have a Disney Afternoon parade and those characters oh, walking nice. around. So it was the perfect confluence, and I was going with, you know, a person that I knew that worked at Disney. Yeah. So you add on to that, and then he's, you know, also I was a large kid and uh, terrified of heights. Okay. Was not a roller coaster fan. <laughs> And I remember we were going on what was then a virtually still new ride, Splash Mountain. Wow. And he he made the mistake before going on. He's like, yeah, when they were testing this thing, they used to have an extra seat on the log, but it would decapitate the person when they went through the prior <laughs> patch. It's like, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> was was he just being utterly... I think he was just delivering like, trivia. Deuce? Like, I, okay. know, I know trivia, and I'm just telling you trivia about There's the There's a ride. hidden Mickey Mouse. The person lost their head there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and a million dies. So you did you? I you went on Splash Mountain. Push past your fear. I when you're there and got on and I decapitation on Splash Mountain. I got on it, and my chief memory of Splash Mountain was being a terrified and b screaming my head off, at, while c my grandmother was nicely serene <laughs> throughout the entire ride. <laughs> And so I remember the photo, and I didn't, we didn't get a copy of the photo, but I remember looking at it. Was she's just very zen, <laughs> hands and neatly like, folded. I'm like bloody murder, <laughs> screaming. Yeah, <laughs> am I going to be the last? Am I going to be the decapitation? Am I going to make it to the briar patch? Yeah. <laughs> but you, did you get a sense of accomplishment of pushing past your fear and getting? Oh no, no, <laughs> it was an exception. Okay, it was very much an exception. Okay. It wasn't until years later when I started going to Disney parks again. Yeah. That because of my enthusiasm for wanting to experience the rides, that I would go on things like Tower of Terror that I would never think of going on. And now that it doesn't faze me. No. Right. Because you were like, I, I want the narrative in the aesthetic so bad that I will endure the terror. Right. And now the terror has eroded. Like our friend Hal Lublin is also... Does not like does not go on roller coasters. Does not like heights. Not okay. like drop rides. Yeah, and he absolutely flat out refused when we went once to go on Tower of Terror. Like, no, okay, no, no, no. It's literally right there in the title. Terror. Yeah. He's like, yeah. no, I don't need this. No, have fun. <laughs> but that ride a few years back was rethemed to Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and Hal is a huge Marvel fan. Hal goes on. Operation Breakout. This is so great Permission because breakout. there's so many different ways to look at the magic versus the realism of uh, the Disney parks. And this is a great element of magic that I hadn't thought of, of being so invested in having an experience that puts you inside something you love that it causes you to push past your fear. Like, that's a great kind of magic to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's because you want to experience it so much. Yeah, you want to be inside that and world. And you know if, if you could walk away from it and you're going to regret, like, I wonder what it was like inside. I wonder, 
What is it like in that moment when that song comes on? And I'm a huge fan of the design magic. Yeah. Because I can go on a ride a thousand times. I can go on the same ride ten times in a row. And I have done that. (laughs) I've circled back on Jungle Cruise at the end of the night and been nearly the only one on the boat getting back on. Circled back and doubled down on the Jungle Cruise. Because every time I go on, there's some new element that I didn't notice like some little lighting cue yeah. or some little placement or some gag that they hid in the back. Right. That makes me appreciate the artistry of the construction devoid of, uh, you know, divorced from the whatever the narrative is that they're telling right. or the music they're delivering or the entertainment that is on the surface of it. Yeah. I just look at the, the construction and oh, look at that carving there. That's an amazing bit of carving work that they did. Yeah. Or you look at that light fixture. Yeah. Or the way that that sound cue transitions to the next sound cue seamlessly. Yeah. Or you know, something buried deep in the mix that you... I never noticed that before. Yeah, because they, they do kind of bombard you with sounds and visions. As you're to, constantly moving. As you're constantly moving to try to make you feel like you're inside the world. And there's that magic where you can, like, Immersive. forget... Yeah, you can forget the outside world. And then there's the kind of magic you're talking about where you can really enjoy just the craft work. The, right. The craftsmanship, the craftsmanship behind it yeah. is just, yeah. Yeah. And so, so I can sit in a corner of the park, you know, also having an annual pass yes. allows you to not be as stressed about, I gotta get everything in. It's not a once in a lifetime thing. It's a this Tuesday. Right. Yes. But I will still do the, I gotta get everything in regardless <laughs> of that. But I can just sit at a table at like Jolly Holiday, uh, which is the restaurant on the corner of Main Street going into Adventureland in Disneyland. Okay. And just watch people pass by, look at the castle, watch some balloons drift by, see some birds fly around the Matterhorn, (laughs) and just enjoy the atmosphere of it and be perfectly content. So now that you've been, what, hundreds, thousands of times? (laughs) At least probably hundreds. So you've been hundreds of times. Can you still, uh, obviously we talked about like you can appreciate the magic of building the space, but can you get lost in still be immersed. Can you go on Pirates of the Caribbean and, and just put yourself in that uh, imagination space of like, I'm truly in another place? I mean, it, it, I never get the disconnect of, I'm in that world. I've <laughs> left our world. <laughs> you know, my brain's working too much for that. And it's too eager to look for whatever may be the new thing that I notice. Okay, nice. You know, so you know, I'm always like, I'll go on Space Mountain and I'm like, I'm going to ride this ride the entire time looking behind me. <laughs> And see what that experience, what visuals do you get? Or I'm going to look to the left and see what the lattice work is for the construction on this that no one looks at because they're hurtling forward. Yeah. You know, or I'm going to keep my eye focused on one thing in the center. Or I'm going to wave to every infrared camera so the operator <laughs> who's monitoring them sees me waving to them. So you're a Disney detective at this I, point. <laughs> I've got a file, I'm sure. Oh, oh, well, I think a lot of people do. I'm sure I do uh, after some of the things I did with my lightsaber yesterday. Anyway, um, so you, you've been there uh, to Disneyland hundreds of times. Disney World as well, right? I would, I would say combined is hundreds Com- of times. Combined, yeah. All right, so when I asked you about this, I asked you if you wanted to do Disneyland, Disney World, or both, and you emphatically said both. So in your subjective opinion, Disneyland or Disney World, is one better than the other, or are they different experiences, or are they remarkably the same, and that's what makes it magical? They're different. Okay. Uh, Disneyland is a lot more intimate. It's a much, much, much smaller park. 
Okay. The way I always describe it is if you put Disneyland on an uninflated balloon and then inflated the balloon, that's Disney World. Damn. Okay. Everything just spreads out. Okay. It's so like the thing that would be a five-minute walk to get over to Big Thunder Mountain is like a 25-minute walk <laughs> in Disney World. It really is just the amount of space. Okay. To the point of, like, the golden horseshoe in Disneyland is the diamond horseshoe <laughs> in Disney World. <laughs> okay. So they really, they, I mean, it's 60-some-odd square miles of property that Disney owns in Florida. Yeah. So what actually fills this? I've never been to Disney World. I've been to Disneyland. Right. What actually fills the space? Is there just more churro stands as you're walking it's farther? All it it's churro stands as far <laughs> as the eye can see. I remember when it was churro stands as far as the eye could see. But seriously, is it like? Uh, I mean, there are different, there is are it different just rides. Like, it breathes more. The scale of everything is, okay. is bigger. You know, there's a lot of forced perspective, even more so on like Main Street. Okay, like take the Main Street buildings, Disneyland, and double the size. Okay, uh, take the castle in Disneyland and quadruple the size. Wow! So the Sleeping Beauty castle in Disneyland is tiny compared to the massive Cinderella castle in Disney World. Okay. And do you prefer one experience to the other? Like, obviously, in Disney World, you are a completist. You try to go and do everything every time, as you, you just said. Right. Do you go to Disney World going, I am going to just walk the hell out of this? I mean, I average, like, we went to Disneyland the other day, um, some mutual friends and I. And at the end of the night, we had walked 17 miles. Okay. Over the course of that day. Yeah. But I, you know, and that was leisurely. Yeah. As far as, I mean, when I go alone, I'm like a shark in the park. <laughs> You'll die if you stop I'm constantly moving. Because <laughs> it's, it's all, I'm very opportunistic when yeah. it comes to riding rides. Like, yeah. I'll have fast passes lined up. But if I walk by a ride that has no line, You're going I'll on go that. on the ride. Doesn't matter what it is. No. I mean, because I generally, like, even the ones that are you know, shoddier experiences, it's still an experience and you're in the park, you might as well do park things. Yeah, absolutely. So I am constantly, and you've, you're crisscrossing all over the place. Yeah. And because again, the scale of Disney World, you're walking, you know, a quarter to half as much more than you would in Disneyland just by dint of it being a much larger park to navigate. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I could work sometimes like 25 miles in a day, but I don't notice it. Which makes it difficult sometimes for when I have companions with me in the park. You yeah. can ask Hal about this. Because <laughs> I get, I wouldn't say draggy as far as, let's go here, let's go do this. Let's da, 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 da. And he's like, just sit down on a bench. <laughs> bench looks nice. Let's go on the bench ride. Because I, I get very focused on just moving on to the next thing. Yeah. So I'll have to recalibrate like, oh, I should slow down a bit. Uh, you know, interspersed with a lot of people coming up to me thinking I'm a cast member and asking where, like, the restrooms are, or how do I get out, or where's this shop? Do you dress a certain way, or do you have a cast member air about you? I'm... You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen your photos, and I don't feel like you dress exact... Obviously, because Disney employees I mean, all look point, different, I depending on where you're working. I was wearing, like, a, a red fleece jacket. Okay. And that seemed very Disney to people. <laughs> You know, I was wearing this, you know, sort of blue to sport Cody thing. Uh, I tend to look like I know where I'm going since I do. Yeah. Does that make you proud that people can sense that you know what is going on so much that they would ask you for help? 
I certainly enjoy knowing the answer. Yeah. <laughs> when they ask, so I can be, because I, I like being helpful. Yeah. So if they feel like coming up and I can be helpful, it'd be one thing like, where are the bathrooms? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but you know where the bathrooms are. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary ride, even at Disneyland. Uh, to the point where when we were checking out at the end of the night. Uh, I forgot what I was buying. Uh, oh, no, we were checking in for a dinner a dinner reservation. I said, well, the rest of my party isn't here yet. And I said, oh, well, how close are they? And I looked at a text and I said, oh, they were just at the hub. They'll be here in a minute. <laughs> and the text had actually said, we are at the center section. Okay, but you knew the and, technical term. And the person at the, the check-in went, are you a cast member? <laughs> I was like, uh, no, why would you ask that? Because no one calls it the hub. Everyone... We call it the hub, but... <laughs> the middle part. Yeah, the cast like, bit. Well, I mean, I know cast members, and, and I, I know. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, well, we thought you were a cast yeah. member. So do you... Is that part of your experience to feel like you are not just experiencing the magic, you are literally inside the magic? You've spent so much time there, you have been a detective and found all the little hidden things, you're literally waving at employees while you're on Hyperspace <laughs> Mountain through through cameras. Do hey, Kevin's on break! Does it give you like a nice sense of uh, of mastery? Like you are truly a master of oh, this world of magic. I mean, there are people who know far more of the trivia about things. I know a lot of the trivia. Yeah. But there's so much trivia to know about. And I'm always fascinated to find out new trivia that I Yeah, have. but I'm not asking if you feel you know the, the most of anybody. I'm talking about your personal experience from going back to... I feel that when I, only I have arrive... vague memories of my first childhood. When I arrive on the scene... And I feel like I know where I want to go. I know where it is to go. I yeah. know how to get around. I know how well, this will be less crowded right now. This is a better path to get there. You know, and I feel happy when I take friends yeah. who haven't been. Like I just had a friends from the UK come over for their first trip over as a family. And you'll love this. Uh, <laughs> so, and I just sort of navigated. I, I'll make our fast passes. I'll make our dining reservations. I'll yeah. make sure we get here to there. Maximize the amount of things you can do. And I made, you know, advice about also with all this in mind, be flexible. Yeah. You know, know that your agenda can be upset at any one minute. And I've seen plenty of family meltdowns, particularly at Disney World, because it's in the summer. It's feels like 150 degrees in a sauna. Right. And it's crowded. And you can't really, if you made an error or whatever, it's harder to turn around, right? Because it's well, yeah, bigger space. Yeah, for just forward motion. You just keep walking yeah. into a swamp. <laughs> uh, is, I've seen plenty of families just melt down. Because yeah. these are also people that have, like the family that, you know, had the change jar, who have saved for ages to go to this thing. And so they one want and only opportunity. They want to yeah. do everything. They want to get their money's worth. And one little thing goes wrong, or a kid being a kid in massive heat or crowds just gets tired or cranky, yeah. or says, I don't want to go on that thing, and the parents just melt down. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly the family vacation is ruined, and everyone's fighting and resenting everyone in what should have been a happy family vacation, because everyone had this, for the best intention, agenda to try and tackle this park, right? which is nigh impossible to do in that way. Yeah. You really just have to, which is a you know a horrible thing to say to people who saved and they had a limited amount of time compared to my very luck and very fortunate and haven't always been able to do it. Yeah, annual pass of you just gotta sometimes you're not gonna sometimes you're gonna show up and Pirates of the Caribbean is down. Yeah, you just have to let and it on that trip. Go. You're not gonna see it. Yeah, you know you might have thought that was the ride you always wanted to ride, and it's just maintenance. But you're gonna have another experience because. 
right, the Pirates are, are down. And the way I try and put it forward, which I hope isn't a crappy way of putting it forward to people, <laughs> is like to the, the friends that I went with this week, and is like it's always nice to have something you didn't do. Yeah. To know that there's something to look forward to when you come back. Yeah. Like, now I can ride this ride. Yeah. And there are rides when I come back that I haven't ridden before. Yeah. And that's like, oh, now I get to ride. Because they're also adding rides. Yeah. Like, there's a whole new section of the park in Disneyland that I had to figure out new mental operational procedures to. Oh, yeah. How do you get there? What do you do to navigate? What's the best entrance to get back to Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. And then, okay, and then by the end of that day... Then it's like, oh, no, I know. So if you want to go quickly back there, if you want the best view, you go in this way. Yeah, nice. So you so update your mental map. Yeah, you were telling me about the UK family in particular. Did, right. you, did you have a particular incident with them? Uh, no, because I, I tried to really guide. Oh, so, so by the end of the day, the thing I was going to mention to you, or the end of the week, was like nearly 10 days that we spent down there. Wow. Uh, they had uh, their kids who... See, the oldest, I think, is 11. The youngest is 6. Took to calling me Disney Mom. (laughs) Did you consider that a compliment? I mean, it was a term of affection from them. Yeah. And it was that, oh, Disney Mom's got it figured out. Disney Mom's got it. Yeah, I I need... Let's unpack the uh, gender bias of that. (laughs) Was that coming from a a perspective? It wasn't intended as a gender bias. Yeah, I know know they weren't intending it as like a dig... But but is that coming from, like, a family dynamic that they come from where mom is in charge of things? Or is that coming from a perception of of moms run the show at Disney? No, no. I I don't think they were were packing that much into it (laughs) one way or the other. I think it was just a perception of of got it sorted out. Okay. That's nice. Uh, Yeah. I'm not going to read anything more (laughs) into it. Fair enough. (laughs) Asked and answered, as your friends say on We Got This. Um, Are you... uh, are you a part of a Disney gang, and do you want to be? Because this is one of the fun things that I learned about with that the, I didn't know about in the last couple of years. This is only a Disneyland thing. Okay, there are no Disney World gangs. There's no. Well, Disneyland Because the difference with Disneyland than Disney World, Disneyland has a lot more local annual pass holders. Yeah. Because if you, it is a park that is plunked down right in the middle of Anaheim. Yeah. You know, in a functioning city. Yeah. That, to be honest, grew up around Disneyland, but it is right in the center. So you have a ton of locals and traditionally, not so much in the past year or so, it was an affordable annual pass to get if you were a Southern California resident. Because Disneyland, being so small, is not a resort destination like Disney World that has, you know, 15 to 20 of its own hotels on yeah. property. And is meant for people to come down for a week and spend a whole big vacation. It takes Disneyland, a week to walk to Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah. Right. Disneyland doesn't have those sort of internal resorts. doesn't have the space to do it. You know, ultimately, you can pretty much see everything if you really wanted to in two days. Yeah. It is not a long-term resort. So it depends on locals just to come in like, oh, I'll pop over and have dinner or I'll ride some rides in the afternoon. Yeah. I have a great friend who is obsessed with uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And he just, he goes there, I, I would imagine, at least once a week based on social media. Who doesn't media. want to go to hell? Yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, this, m- my friend is uh, perfect for the aesthetic of Mr. Toad's <laughs> Wild Ride, which I love. But yeah, but just as an example, like, and I know s- I've met so many people And that's what in, having in my five pass allows you is just LA. like, I can go and I can ride that one ride. And it's no skin off my teeth. Right. So it can become a social thing of let's meet up there. Right. So So then people started forming like the equivalent of biker gangs with jackets. Yeah. And that's like, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
minis, Roto-Rooter, whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, uh, Mickey's Chainsaw Gang is ruling Fantasyland right now. And, the, and it got a little out of control to where they would begin to be territorial about their areas of the park. Really? So, so they did Disney had to get sort into... of like, you want to back this down. This is everybody's park. You can wear your jackets, but there's, we're not suddenly going to have Disney gangs in here. <laughs> You know, Adventureland's not going to rumble, yeah, sharks and jet style with Frontierland. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't make this bathroom your office. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, would you want like a Ken's Disney Detective Club where everybody had jackets, and when you came into town, you gathered up, you know, local friends, and and everybody went through and like tried to see what they could like. Would you want something like that? Would you do that? Uh, I would consider it. Would you be part of? <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk about what the membership dues are. But uh, there are no. Well, I mean, you have to get an annual pass. Have so that's annual already. Pass. A, and then the jacket's really like sixty dollars, yeah. right? Oh, Jesus. Uh, we got to get someone to design the logo for the jacket. <laughs> would you like something like that, or 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 do you feel like you I already have that and don't need to put a jacket? Yeah, to I don't. It? A, I probably wouldn't wear it. <laughs> uh, so there's already that. Yeah. Uh, no, I I I do like going with friends. Yeah. I like the idea of everyone going around having fun. It gets a bit unwieldy when you have larger groups. Yeah. Just for you know, how can we get everyone a fast pass? Because it's harder to book a fast pass for a group of ten than it is for right. me. Right. Uh, so, and you want to ride. You want to be communal on those things. Everyone wants to be in the photo yeah. together. And if you're going on single rider because you couldn't get a fast pass, then everyone's <laughs> broken up. Yeah. You know, and also just the more people you add to a group, the different rates of being able to traverse the park. Oh, the speed. Are mixed up. Yes. So you're going to get people like, oh, or my feet hurt, or this, and then, you know, and you don't want people to start resenting, like, we could have gotten over to Space Mountain if you weren't right. dragging. And you're just like, I don't have feet, I'm a shark. Yeah. I glide through Disneyland. Yeah, I will not stop. <laughs> have you ever learned a life lesson from your love or experience at the Disney parks that you've been able to apply to uh, another thing in life, uh, be it a relationship, financial stuff, business? I think it's that sort of Zen acceptance. Yeah. Of if the plan falls through, it's not the end of the world. Relax. Yeah. Find a different thing. Is not be so tied into the schedule and agenda that you had meticulously come up with. Yeah. Like, this is how I will get to everything before eleven. <laughs> because yeah. all it takes is one little like ride broke down. Yeah. Then suddenly like wait what? Yeah. Didn't they see my agenda? I love that you would, uh, the general you would encounter something not going the way you planned. Like, oh, well, I was trying to get to this uh, dinner reservation out in the world, but oh, there's a traffic accident. And just saying to yourself, well, the pirates are closed today. What are you going to do? The pirates are closed. I really applied it. Uh, You were there a couple of years ago, uh, but you may not be aware this happened. You know that I travel around with like signing books that I have just people write stuff. Yeah. You've done it a couple of times. Yeah. So I've had plenty of people sign these things. And I will usually, you know, I'll take it to conventions with me. And I was at Dragon Con a few years back. And I was at backstage at one of the panels and I had someone was signing it. And, you know, I got back to my room. And I was like, oh, where's my book? Yeah. And in the past, I probably would have freaked out. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I lost it. I can't believe and been angry at myself. Yeah. And I surprised myself by how quickly I went to, well, I guess it's gone. To just that level of acceptance. Yeah, just, I mean, there's nothing I, if it's gone, it's gone. 
it's no sense just getting upset and ruining the rest of the day about it. Yeah. I guess I'll start a new book. And then, you know, our friend Aaron showed up and went, you left this in the room. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, you know. Yeah, that's such a great example, too, of something worrying about something before it has actually happened, right? So, so it, in that moment, you could have gotten upset because it's gone, but you also just, you know, waited and, you and know, I it worked ups- out. I was upset, yeah. but I wasn't going to, like, it's the end of the world. Yeah. That, so that yeah. sort of acceptance... I've learned because at the early days, back before I used to have an annual pass and I was doing just, I have a four day ticket yeah. and I'm down here, I got to get everything in and you're like, no, haunt, fix Haunted Mansion, make it work. <laughs> I'm here now. No, make it work. Tomorrow, I'll go through it broken. I don't care. Tomorrow I'm at Epcot. I'm not going to be back at Magic Kingdom. <laughs> you have to make this thing work now. Yeah. Or, you know, coming out to Disneyland, it's like, what do you mean it's Haunted Mansion holiday? I want classic Haunted Mansion. <laughs> take the Santa I'm hats only, off. Yeah, take those off now. But <laughs> take check out. Take check out. Uh, speaking of Haunted Mansion, I have a very important and serious question for you. If there was a zombie apocalypse, which would be a better place to try to survive, Disneyland or Disney World? Disneyland's going to be easier to defend. <laughs> Disney World has so much open land. Too much open space for herds to gather. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you have a nice, nice, tiny centralized castle. Yeah. The Well, but I will say <laughs> there are the Utilidors. What now? So because of the water table in Florida, you can't build Disney World on ground level. Okay. So Disney World is actually one story up. Okay. And there are tunnels underneath Disney World. Which is why, you know, if you, you when you go to Disney World, you'll see this. At Disneyland, you know, you'll see cast members when they're off shift with their backpack walking off. Yeah. You'll see people pushing, you know, supply uh, things to restaurants and that, yeah. carts. You don't see any of that in Disney World. Because it's all done under Because they're that always story. moving these, beneath you. Because okay. the utility corridors. Utility okay. doors. Uh, so everything is happening beneath you. All the transport, the costuming, characters just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> Disneyland, you'll see them marching all over the place and then having to go to their backstage to go, yeah. you know, Disneyland. I mean, Disney World, they just, boom, they're there. And they disappear. Yeah. You, you'll have people go downstairs to go check on something. So does that make you more nervous that a sudden zombie can appear from a utilidor? Well, I, I was looking at it more as you have another line to hide in, ah. in the Utilidors, if you needed to go underground, which oh. isn't underground, it's a story above, but yeah. if you okay. needed to, if you a uh, place to retreat to and defend. Yeah, Plus, in theory has supplies. That's where all the, sto- yeah, all the storage is. <laughs> Disneyland, basically once you've used everything that's there, it's gone. There's a ton of stuff under Disney World. Okay, yeah, that sounds fascinating. I'm sure plenty of people have written imaginary things about what all is going on down there. <laughs> um, if you if you had a magic wand and you could just change something about the parks, like obviously you are a big fan, but you're also a, a critical thinker, right. a Disney detective. If you could wave that wand, is there anything that you would change? I would make it less expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a very solid answer. Practical. Yeah. Is it the, uh, that's a great answer, which is uh, like totally understandable all by itself, but is the general spirit of not wanting to, not needing other things to be changed, is that a part of your kind of zen 
lesson that you've learned? Are you, are you talking about like when people complain about, oh my gosh, they're ripping out this ride, or they're turning Tower of Terror into the Guardians of the Galaxy ride? Yeah. As or, those sort of updates or things like that? Yeah, or just like, the, the, it was laid out wrong, this entrance should point this way, like that kind of pedantic stuff. I, not even, I, pedantic I, I don't, is maybe unfair. No, I don't generally get into those sort of layout and design yeah. issues with it. You know, certainly you go into shape. I would love if rides that had their budget slashed and or technically unfinished would be finished. Okay. Like Indiana Jones, which, as you know, just basically ends in two empty rooms, one of which has painted blow dart room, <laughs> which is just some air cannons in the wall with some really sad, you know, temple paintings yeah. of statuary that are supposedly firing these things I, at you. I, I got to tell you really quick my Indiana Jones experience the, the last time I went on the ride. I went on it once and it was great. Very bouncy, but great. Uh, and the second time I went on it, the I, I didn't know the ride well enough, but a friend pointed it out. The light that's supposed to illuminate the boulder that's coming at you didn't come on, so nobody could see the boulder. So from our point of view, the, the Jeep stop in Indiana Jones was just hanging there on a rope, just <laughs> just staring at us for no reason. Hey! To, yeah, and, and it was such a long pause that somebody in the ride actually, just went, Hey, Indy, how are you? <laughs> he, of course, did not respond. <laughs> No, he just glared, as he just Indy glared. would. Yeah, with his head kind of, uh, 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 you know, moving around. Yeah, You mean Illinois Jones. Yeah, Illinois Jones. it's clearly Harrison Ford stand-in. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of approvals at the last minute that didn't go through, yeah. including getting him recorded. Yeah. He was supposed to be involved with that ride and the premiere special they did right okay. up until the last minute. And then Harrison pulled out for okay. whatever reason. So you love knowing these things, but you're not like constantly grinding your teeth about they should be changed. No, because I also know Disney is a company that's not going to invest in it. So why, why deal with that stress and strain of things I can't affect? Even with the yeah. magic, like I said, with the magic wand, then I go, okay, here's please finish it. <laughs> yeah, I still like the ride. Yeah, but it is disappointing when you get to the end and go, you're projecting. A rat crawling across a log? <laughs> That's your big finish after you have, like, lasers coming out of temple eyes and yeah. molten lava and giant snakes, and suddenly you got painted statues on a wall and some air guns? It's the post credit scene setting up the next Indiana Jones ride. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Use your imagination. Uh, um, if there was a Ken Plume ride at Disney Parks, what would the ride be like? Short and disappointing. <laughs> I thought you were being strangely positive on this podcast. <laughs> uh, it had no real ending. <laughs> the ending could be better. Yeah, the end you can see where they better. cut the budget. Yeah, I think it would be this ride that is like doing really cool things and then is suddenly self-deprecating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> be like, you go up, up, up. You're about to do the, the big dive down and like, yeah, what if we go over yeah. here? The ride criticizes all of its own <laughs> thrills. Uh, that could have been higher. That loop could have been tighter. That, yeah, yeah. That, that drop could have been a little more extreme. <laughs> all right. I will let you be you and have your self-deprecating ride. Uh, when you are very, very old, will you still be going to Disney parks? I would hope to go as long as I'm physically able. Yeah. It, it, you know, it certainly is beneficial to be ambulatory at the parks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, certainly there are people that are in carts uh, uh, who have, have gotten to an age where they can't, and will transfer into rides. Yeah. But even you, you know, you can be so old and frail that that is not, or you can have health issues that, 
that come up that prevents you from going on a thrill ride or should prevent you from yeah. going on a thrill ride. I mean, I would like to be able to. Yeah. As long, but, you know, as you know, getting in some of those vehicles, there's a lot of transferring and getting into things. And yeah. That, so. But in terms of, yeah. And, and I mean, I just, just being there yesterday, I saw a lot of people getting on rides at advanced ages and, and, and uh, different you know, uh, physical conditions, and uh, it's still a place of magic. So in in terms of, like, your soul, though, this is never going to get old to you, right? If you are... I, if you are it hasn't so far. 110 uh, and you have a robot body with your Ken Plume head on it, you'd still be like, I want to go to Disneyland, Disney World. Yeah, yeah well, I would... Who's going to speak in absolutes? I would love that to be, <laughs> still be the case. So far, it, I have not gotten tired of it. Okay. And people certainly have asked, aren't you tired of it? Do you go all the time? Isn't it boring now? You go on the same ride. And like I told you, I notice different things. Yeah. The fact that I can still notice audio cues or a placement of something's changed or figure out an effect yeah. that I never figured out before. Those things make it interesting for me. Yeah. Like my expectation of what makes it an enjoyable trip for me, yeah. even down to just being there, yeah. being present there is enough for me. Okay. You know, or meeting up with a friend, or having lunch at this place, or whatever. Yeah. So you make a little bit of your own magic. I Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I bring my magic in with me. Because <laughs> Disney overcharges for it if you buy it on site. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions, so... <laughs> These are questions uh, or variations thereof that I ask everybody on all episodes of Obsessed. Do you think about Disney parks every day? I mean, I wouldn't say, well, no, because I can certainly look around my office and see various buttons and things that I've got in parks. So it will be sparking yeah. a memory or an acknowledgement that that came from a park. So I kind of can't say no to that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. And that's impressive because, like, you, like me, are a person of many obsessions and interests. I've seen the pictures of your desk area that has, like, one of every amazing action Practically from, unusable as an actual desk. <laughs> from yeah. genre pop culture. I'm aspiring to your desk. I'll get there. <laughs> uh, so you have a lot of things to compete for your interest, but obsession-wise, Disney does yeah, Lies. well, and the fact that Disney owns practically everything now means I can look at all my Marvel and Star Wars stuff and say, also Disney. Yeah, yeah, right. And they're right. in the parks. And, but you are are old school. You love Disney proper still. You love Mickey Mouse. You love yeah, Donald Duck. Yeah, Fab Five. Yeah, okay, nice. Uh, yeah, but I'm also open to, like, I don't loathe Frozen like people loathe Frozen. And yeah. actually, in Epcot, it's a great ride, and it's really impressive. yeah. So I'm not going to go, ooh, Frozen, uh, no, no, blaspheme. <laughs> no, if you make an enjoyable ride, I'll even enjoy Olaf. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I'll enjoy Olaf. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great pull quote for this episode. Would you ever get a Disney Parks tattoo? No. Okay, is that so just because you're person. not a tattoo person? No. Uh, would you do a temporary tattoo, or is this the idea of placing it on your body? That's what t-shirts are for. <laughs> And you get to change it all the time. If you really want to have a logo or something, make it variable. Why yeah. lock in any one thing? I, I've never understood. Okay. But if people like it, I have no problem with it. Just okay. not for me. Great. Uh, pins, the whole collectability of Disney pins was a thing I didn't fully understand myself until I started living in L.A. and knowing more people who go constantly. Are you a pin person? I am selectively 
like if a design or something really sparks to me, then I will get it. Like there was a little Scrooge gold coin one. Oh, I'm nice. gonna get that one because you're a Scrooge fan, right? Or there was a Tailspin one. I like Disney after I like Tailspin, so I'll get that one. Am I gonna get all of the 570 other pins they have on the board? No. Yeah. Because it doesn't. It has to really, as a character, like a Humphrey the Bear pin. Yeah. You're damn right. I'm gonna get my <laughs> Humphrey the Bear pin because yeah. you don't see Humphrey merchandise. Okay. Uh. But am I going to get, you know, a Stitch? I love Stitch, but I'm not going to... I don't love him enough to I want the You pin. don't pin love him. I don't pin love him. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's not, a funny. I'm not experience. ready to put a pin in it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very selective about the pins. Okay, so yeah. It's not a universal... I got to get every pin. I got to get all the... The one thing I will do is I will get a year pin okay. to the parks to signify that I went there. Like, I just got a Disneyland 2019 Pin. okay cool cool yeah it was fun to see yesterday in galaxy's edge a couple of clear disney fans with like the the mouse ears and just and like 150 pounds worth of pins on vests and lanyards yes. and, and then hats. like yeah and then like uh and then count dooku on your hat and like did you just get that because it, it's, it's pin. the pin or are you down with count dooku <laughs> it's a you, fun question to ask you somebody. down with dooku you down with dooku oh yeah <laughs> you know me you know me <laughs> are you a pin person uh just like you i i like i don't wear a lot of pins but if there's one that's like that is of a thing i love so what was the last one you got uh my wife and i got three of the new uh, rebellion resistance ones because the designs are amazing right there's one there's one that's just like a silhouette of a new hope leia with the buns and blaster up and in then the body of it is the tactical board from star wars and it's just How really could got you not? The, yeah, it's just really got the It's like it was made for you. Yeah, this is a woman of action. This is a leader who makes plans and like all of that communicated in and a pin. And it's ten bucks. Know? Yeah. So we'll get that. Yeah. You know? And there's a beautiful blue one of uh Poe Dameron that just says, Join. It's like, yes, Poe, I'll join you in almost anything. I mean, my annual pass also gets me a merchandise discount. Okay. So it's sort of like it's like you yeah, you want that, right? I mean you got a discount. Yeah. Yeah, I should have had that yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on with the help test, are you questions? If you were trapped in an elevator, how long would it take before Disney parks came up as a topic? Tower of Terror instantly. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. If you were in a non-Disney location, uh, if you were stuck somewhere with people, and you—I mean, also based on Tower of Terror, I may make an elevator reference <laughs> because it's Tower yeah. of Terror. I mean, so easy answer. Yeah. Uh, how about a, like a cocktail party uh, or just like a general socializing? That I don't know the people that are there? That yeah, just... and you're fishing for something to talk about. Is that something that you, you go if, to if to discuss? If they were to bring it up, yeah. then I certainly would be there to discuss it with them. I don't think I'm actively going, so hey, <laughs> you like a Disney park? <laughs> okay, but it's a pretty big general topic that's safe to, to bring up. It uh, is, but it's it's a weird Entry, unless you're somehow talking about theme parks or or okay. entertainment properties, or someone goes Star Wars and they go, "Oh yeah, hey, have you been to the Galaxy's Edge over?" And you have if you have an entryway into it that opens yeah. up, okay. But it's not something that I generally would just burst out and like, "Hey, <laughs> how about those pirates? You wanna you wanna talk about the hitchhiking ghosts?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a little side question to this question on the uh, trapped in an elevator. Would you, if you're trapped in an elevator, would you interview other people? Would you ask them about their lives before offering any thoughts about your own life? How long have you known me? 
<laughs> a while now. What is your answer to that question? My guess is that you would interview. That that is a you are interested in things that other people do. You wrote a whole book about Venture Brothers. Your interest. Right. You, you described looking behind the scenes at what people are creating. You are uh, a lover and a documenter of other people creating, as well as being a creator yourself. So, so do you notice what I just did? <laughs> you you interviewed me. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we'll have an interview off. We'll do an episode of Obsessed about interviewing. We'll just see. I'm here for it. Be a what really... do you think about that? I don't know. What do you think? There we, we just did it. The whole thing. It's, it's that except for two hours long. <laughs> Trapped in an elevator. Ah. Uh, uh, no, so, yeah. The answer to your question is I would have a conversation with somebody. Okay. Excellent. Speaking of having a conversation with someone, would you unfollow someone on social media who complained about Disney parks all the time? No. Okay, so you, even though you love them, you would put up with the stream of negativity. Considering how many people I follow, I would <laughs> probably not see three quarters of their posts. Okay. Uh, but even if I did, even if it was constantly there, I like it. Yeah, okay. So you, I, I don't need other people to love them. I'm not out there defending Disney parks. Yeah. You know, I... I'm not interested in getting in an argument with someone about it. I can I can quietly like the thing I like, okay, and not have to be out there. Certainly, don't they don't need me to defend them? Yeah, and you have criticisms, obviously, right? Oh, I certainly. I mean, I wouldn't talk about the fact that two of the rooms in Indiana Jones are unfinished <laughs> because they cut a budget and they still won't finish the darn things. If I wasn't ready to criticize them, finish the blow dart room. <laughs> If the statue of Mr. Toad came to life and started talking to you, would you be thrilled or terrified? Terrified, because he's probably drunk. <laughs> I would he's there to, to drag you to hell. Away. Yeah. <laughs> you would try to give Mr. Toad a reasonable ride home. And then I would have an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Toad, what really motivates you? <laughs> why do you do the things you do? Why what? a wild ride? Yeah, why is your ride so wild? How about a fun ride? You know, your horse misses you. <laughs> there are some different choices you could have made in your very short, very yeah. wild ride. <laughs> Maybe listen to Ratty. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Would you want anything to come to life? Would you want that extra? Because that is a part of the goal of Disney is immersion in the thing you love. You get to really, you get to talk to Snow White, right? Uh would you want... Only during the shift. That <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's, they're clearly <laughs> yes. done with their shift. Uh, but would you ever want to... Ex does it make you want to experience things on an even deeper level of fantasy? Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need things. Because I also enjoy, like I said, the craftsmanship of yeah. the engineers behind it creating these things. Right. The, 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 the ride design, the manufacture... The artisans that come in to decorate the the queues and the buildings themselves, the paint jobs, the sound design, all that I admire so much that I'm fine with it being artifice. Yeah. I don't need it to be anything more than that. I don't need Brer Rabbit to suddenly jump in because that would freak you out. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine riding through Splash Mountain <laughs> and suddenly, you know, Brer Rabbit is being, you know, run off by Brer Bear with an axe? <laughs> Yeah. And Brer Fox uh, is literally, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I'm coming yeah. for you. Uh, what is it? The uh, uh, Snow White Scary Adventure. Uh, that Yeah, that one has got some that actually, terrifying demonic. Uh, that and Pinocchio are probably the two actually scariest rides on like a deeply psychological level. Yeah. 
Pinocchio in particular, when you go through that Pleasure Island sequence and you got the, the donkey children in those cages begging for their mother, <laughs> and you're like, see ya! Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot of scary stuff. In the fact that the the Snow White ride, it is not clear to me the one time I wrote it that the narrative resolves and then it just says and they all lived happily ever after and you're like, whoo! There's a lot of quickie like that Little Mermaid ride. Oh, I haven't done also, that one. Also, oh, you have that's I gotta that, do that that's one. basically story, 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 story. Where there was a story, bye. Yeah, because you have the whole setup of Ursula stealing the voice. And then you have Kiss the Girl, but no real explanation for what Ursula's plan is. And suddenly you just got a happy ending and Ursula in the very background is a painted flat in the scene where she's being destroyed. Yeah. And how did that happen? So it leaps yeah. from that, from Kiss the Girl to that. <laughs> and you're like, Wait, what? Was there like an extra room that was supposed to be here? <laughs> so when you do a book, that's a book report is the term that's given for that type of ride that basically okay. retells the story. Yeah. When you're not even going to finish the book report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, that's that's an issue and that's a lot of cost cutting and yeah. that comes into these rides. Yeah. But you, but you, I take your point cuz it, it is fun to enjoy both the magic and fantasy of immersing yourself and feeling like you're in the middle of that aesthetic but then also having the fun with like looking at the artifice. Like I love taking the pictures in Galaxy's Edge of the few things of like we can immerse you incredibly well which I think they do, but we still need a caution slippery when wet sign in the bathroom yeah it just looks like and you still need an star exit wars. sign yeah star wars style. yeah i, I, I would have put an arabesh underneath the, the exit, exit. To, yeah yeah I, I took several photos of the exit signs because they they cracked me up so much <laughs> yeah like, um you know since we're on the topic of rides i realize i should probably ask do you have a favorite ride or uh, i actually you... did an episode of we got this okay uh with dana snyder where we debated this on what the best Disney ride was. Yeah. And my choice was Haunted Mansion. Okay. Because for me, it perfectly encapsulates the storytelling aspect. That tells a fun story. The design is amazing. Yeah. It has amazing effects work. So you see the work of the Imagineers and using Pepper's Ghost throughout it and yeah. those sort of illusions. It's got great songwriting. That's an earworm that's going to stick with you. <laughs> it is an original IP. Meaning it's not like, well, now this is a Star Wars ride, yeah. or now this is a Pixar ride. No, this was unique to that ride, yeah. that narrative and story. So that me, if you want an all-encompassing, this represents the pinnacle of what Disney ride design should be. Yeah. It's that. Nice. I think that's a great answer. Uh, if aliens visited Earth and you got to greet them, would you take them to a Disney park to explain humanity? Oh, jeez. Depends on what their thoughts on sugar was. <laughs> Churros. Let's get these aliens hyper. I could see scrolls really digging Disneyland. Oh yeah, I mean they yeah. seem like real family oriented and yeah. invested. Yeah, was it uh, Talos from uh, the recent Captain, Captain Marvel? Marvel? Yeah, he's and, always and also, he's uh, always sucking on a Slurpee, right? Yeah. Are we no spoilers. Should we not mention? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's we'll keep it to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you you take them? Yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, I mean, it's better than some of the other things that you could take them to to represent <laughs> <laughs> what represents Earth now. Fair enough. Yeah. Good. Maybe answer. not during the summer. Yeah, I it, would I would take them maybe in spring. Yeah, it was quite hot. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't want to burn the aliens alive. If you could bottle the magic of Disney parks and wear it as a cologne, would you? I mean, I don't wear cologne, so... Uh, 
I mean, there is a form of that. If if I could make a dole float at home. <laughs> <laughs> a what? Dole float. That is the dole oh, okay. whip, but in pineapple juice. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if, and I have made it at home. So I can say definitively yes if I could bottle that magic of Disneyland that yeah. I that I associate with Disney parks because that really because traditionally it was only sold there. Okay, it's only recently that you know you see like Menchie's or whatever all these places outside. Yeah, have been we got Dole Whip. Okay. The idea that that was one of those things that was exclusive to the parks. Right, the, I had to go there the once a year whenever I went to get that. To get that, to experience that. So for okay. me, that represented. So if the idea, yes, if I could have at that time had like a dry ice <laughs> container to cart away with me because it was a clear thing that triggered a memory of those parks. Yes, yeah, so then when people are trapped in an elevator with you, they'd be like, let's talk about Disney parks. And I you're can like, smell I am it on ready. You. What do you think about <laughs> Disney parks? What do you think is the best ride? <laughs> Uh, if it was allowed, would you want to be buried at a Disney park? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not a bury person. Okay, a cremation person. Well, so yes. spreading of ashes. And and there are uh, that, it, that 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 happens, right? It happens. It is discouraged. <laughs> it is discouraged too. You know, because there are other families out there, and suddenly, you know, a stiff wind comes up as you're trying to dump a beloved family member yeah. into the moat around I the castle. I was just trying to go on the Little Nemo ride, and then, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, that symbolism of that, I don't need one way or the other, because I'm yeah. obviously not there to appreciate it. <laughs> I would be more happy if, like, people I cared about just went to the yeah. park and, like, hey, Ken loved this stuff. Let's yeah. go here, because, you know, and have a fun day. Yeah. Because... Ken liked having fun there. Yeah. Would so you... I, I would like my friends and family to go enjoy the thing and that be, I don't need to be buried on site. It's okay. for Walt. <laughs> <laughs> would you want like a, a bench or anything? I don't know if I want people sitting on me. <laughs> that was the or anything part. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind being like a little uh, cameo or reference in a ride. Oh, that somebody yeah. Somebody could point out. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like would, a port little portrait on a wall? Like oh. I'm a dog in a restaurant. <laughs> Someone wanted a free appetizer. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, here's the final how obsessed are you question. If you tried to go to a new Disney park, but a person in a bear costume was blocking your way, would you try to get past the bear person? So, which are we talking Winnie the Pooh? Are we talking Humphrey? Are we talking Br'er Bear? Or are we talking... A new IP. You don't recognize this bear. It's because large. Because talk Bobo in... from Muppets? You don't know it. It's large. It's, it's, is it a live bear? It is a person in a bear costume. Okay. I'm going to say that there is a little bit of, of scariness. of you. you don't know what this bear is. You don't so recognize it's, it's it. A, you can't a, rationalize it. It's a scare it. bear. It's a scary bear. Okay. Or at least an unfamiliar bear, which for a lot of us humans... The unfamiliar well, is scary. First, I would ask them questions about them in their lives. <laughs> you would interview the bear. <laughs> hey, you know, how you doing? Let's have a bit of a bear How's chat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let, let me, that's, that's, a, that's a great also, answer. Also, how wide is the path? Uh, Am I with somebody? Is it right. the polar bear thing where you don't have to run, run the polar bear, just your friend? I appreciate you trying to work around your que- this question, as most people do. But I'm going to distill it back to its intent. Okay. You, There's a new Disney park. They've opened something. Like Galaxy's Edge. Like if I hadn't been there yet. Yeah, or an entirely new park. It's okay. The Disney Midwest, right? Right. Uh, and it's something... a very tiny single lane pathway that's leading into get- yes. this park. And there is an actual bear 
and you might be in physical danger, would you try to dart past it? Would you risk that chance of physical danger to dart into it? Is your love and your obsession so great that you would risk that chance of physical danger? No, I have an annual pass. I'll come back a different day. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't... don't, To risk one's life to go into the park, I don't need it that bad. Okay. Okay. And I, and I have already gone to the parks. Right. I, I would feel bad about not being able to get in. Yeah. But I would also feel good about being able to feel bad about not being able to go in. <laughs> I like that All, you just go, well, maybe next time that's there the, won't that's be a bear. That's the Zen acceptance <laughs> that I've been taught by Disney parks over the years. The pirates are closed today. There's a bear in the way today. You know These what? things I'll happen. I'll come back another day. I'll come back another day. Maybe okay. there'll be no bear. Okay. <laughs> I think you should. Uh, I think you should uh, uh, think about this as we go, go toward uh, rating your obsession, which we will do in just a moment. But first, I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise do you have for your obsession with the Disney parks? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> is that just because it's funny, or is that because it is uh, truly reflects the joy? Well, that reflects the joy of you know that's Mickey Mouse. He's the yeah. This- the patron animal <laughs> of Disney parks. <laughs> the patron strange giggler of Disney Year parks. Here the mouse. Uh, your obsession rating on a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest. Where would you rate your own level of obsession? I mean, obviously the bear thing is going to knock it down from a ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I certainly have made sacrifices to be able to go. Yeah, and made things more difficult in order to go either, you know, like I've been to a con for seven days, but I'm going to tack on 10 days at a park when I really should rest. Yeah. And you, I've certainly observed in social media and through just being friends, there are times where you could be like, I could go for a day and a half, but I'm going to do three fucking days. I almost died at a park because (laughs) I couldn't give it a rest. Oh yeah. Cause you overheated, right? I had heat exhaustion, passed out, uh, at big thunder. Yeah. And if, if you're going to pass out, that's a good place. If I had fallen forward, I would have fallen head first into the edge of the ride vehicle. Wow. So I fell backwards, thankfully. <laughs> Not that I remember either. Yeah. Uh, uh, all I remember is looking up. Did you go to the, were you taken behind the scenes to a first aid location? No. They took me outside, but I had to get free bottle of water. So that's how you get free stuff out of Disney <laughs> for anyone listening. Uh, but we are not if, officially endorsing it. And that. you can judge this if you want to know a sign of obsession. Yeah. You almost die on Big Thunder. You go take a break, go get some water, rest a bit. I made sure I went back to Big Thunder before I left that day. <laughs> And I did ride it. <laughs> you rode that big thunder and through your head exhaustion. Seventeen-hour drive home. Okay, okay, that does affect your rating, I think. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for a number. Because of the Zen thing, I'll go seven, eight. I think that's good. I, I think uh, you know, and the bear obviously knocking me down. <laughs> well, in a way, you you know. You said no to the bear, but then you shared a story in real life where you did risk okay. some okay, we'll get it. physical safety. <laughs> but I think eight is good. I think eight is good because you do. Uh, uh, you are clearly, I would say, obsessed. I don't think obsession is a bad thing. I think it, it can be a word for being just you super, super, super love something and you get continual joy from it. But you are rational about it, right? And you uh, have got something 
good about it. Because I think we can be obsessed about something that ultimately makes us angry or tense. And you have such a great perspective that I feel like, yes, you are obsessed, but it is a very healthy obsession. <laughs> <laughs> That's my psychoanalysis. Uh, we've reached the plugging section of the podcast. So uh, feel free to plug all of your podcasts and anything else you want to plug. Uh, definitely a bit of a chat. People should listen to that. Uh, links to all those things, including uh, There's a Zombie in My Treehouse, which is the children's book that's still out, and Go Team Venture, The Art of the Venture Brothers. All that is at KenPlume.com, uh, at social media, at KenPlume on Twitter, and at InstaKenPlume on Instagram, where you can see a lot of pictures of Disney parks. Yeah. <laughs> particularly as of late. Uh, and uh, if you want to listen to the podcast that I produce, there's Craigslist with Craig Kikowski and Carla Kikowski. There's We Got This with Mark uh, Gagliardi and Hal Lublin. Bill Corbett's Funhouse <laughs> with uh, Bill Corbett and various guests, including yourself, yes. occasionally. And uh, the last one. Oh, and Peanuts Gallery from Molly Lewis and Josh Kagan. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. All great people, all great podcasts. <laughs> so many podcasts. Just set aside the rest (laughs) of your life. I know. There's just so much. There's almost too much to enjoy in this world, which is nice in its own way. Uh, Here are some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And you can check out the Adult Swim fantasy comedy show that I'm a writer on. That is called Tigtone, and it was uh, recently announced as being renewed for a second season. You can watch it on Adult Swim's website or app, or just get a flight on Delta, because it's on the Delta flight. It's a thing you can watch. Book a flight just book to watch flight. Tigtone. Big book a flight to watch Tigtone. It's <laughs> Make sure it. it's a long enough flight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Because you want to binge. These are short episodes. You can binge. Yeah. 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 You can absolutely know, get it done. Maybe your commuter flight won't be quite <laughs> enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then uh, for both of us, uh, we'll be at, both be at DragonCon. You are an uh, impresario of DragonCon uh, and you for many of us. Quite a bit of programming, including doing Obsessed Live. Yeah, yeah, going to do a role playing adventure with uh, many awesome guests. So come check that out. Uh, all right, our final weird questions. If you could shoot one of these two things from your hands, which would you choose? Bees or breakfast cereal? Breakfast cereal. Okay, that's practical. It's practical because bees. Bees, mm. once they've leaved your hand, they could come right back at you. <laughs> they could be why, why, why are you keeping us cooped up in your body, yeah. asshole? <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, shooting shit out of your hands. It's, it's like, well, it's going to get everywhere, and it's going to be yeah. just as bad for you as it is for anyone else. Yeah, d- that old wisdom, don't blast bees out of your hand, yeah. into the wind, right? Because yeah. they're going to come right back at you. All right, good. That's what Jim Croce is saying about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any particular kind of breakfast cereal? Do you, do you have a favorite? Uh, Wheaties, uh, uh, Fruit Loops. Wheaties, garbage. (laughs) Might as well eat the cardboard of the box. That's like eating cornflakes. That's why they made Frosted Flakes. Because they realized cornflakes were not good enough and people were just putting sugar on it. Let's put sugar on the cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Fruity Pebble. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounded strangely manly the way I like a Fruity Pebble. That's how I start my day. Hey, you like a fruity pebble? Yeah. Maybe uh, not a cocoa pebble. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little too rich for my... <laughs> All right. Fruity pebbles flying <laughs> out of the hands of Ken Plume. Someone do the fan art. Uh, if you could travel in time, but only to the future or the past, 
Which would you choose? Well, to the past. Because then you can just rig the system for yourself. <laughs> if if you've been aware enough to study any bit of history. Okay. You like, would... I'm, like, I'm not going to be here. Or I'll bet that person will win that election. Or Yeah. Yeah. You, you would go back in the past and try to fix things. I wouldn't even try and fix things. Because that's a losing battle there. We've all seen that science fiction. We have. No, I'd make a quiet living for myself. Kind of like the final countdown, if you've ever seen that <laughs> somewhat obscure film. I have not. Uh, that's about the USS Nimitz, which is a nuclear aircraft carrier that finds itself during maneuvers just off Hawaii, getting sent back in time to right before Pearl Harbor was born, uh, uh, bombed, and having to make the decision of whether they should oh, prevent it. Oh, damn. But one of the members of the crew get stranded on a desert island. They Actually, they, they it's complicated. But <laughs> either way, you get back to the present, and that person has used their knowledge and are now the rich magnate that actually initiated the maneuvers that start out the whole... Oh, it's a, one of them circle time travel stories. Right, but... You use, you know, you could be a massive business success. Yeah, okay. You could make the right investments. You're like, oh, that Apple company. Okay. I'll, I'll hold on to those shares. Well, now I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to look at my phone. And Future. If, if it's suddenly an iPlume instead of an iPhone, I mean, I'll know that I mean, you traveled in time. If you look at how day-to-day the surprises that are coming up, do you want to be surprised by what the future holds? <laughs> yeah. When you show up and like, oh, this was a shit year to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back a little plus, bit. Plus, yeah. you're on the back heel. Everyone has advanced beyond you. You right. don't know what the new tech is. You're you don't know what the new, new terms are. No, you haven't binged the shows that everyone's watched. <laughs> Who wants to be wrong-footed on all that stuff culturally? Think of the awkward water cooler conversations. Right. Yeah. Don't you want to go back and be seen as a wizard with your technology rather than go forward to be seen as you know an old dope with old stuff? <laughs> I think you you have good rationale for picking <laughs> the past. The final question for everyone on the podcast is: What is happiness? To not a warm puppy. <laughs> or a warm gun no. uh, friends friends yeah. is that when you're at your your happiest when you're interacting yeah I like talking with friends yeah spending time with friends yeah nice good that is a nice straightforward solid answer that is honestly one of the most straightforward answers <laughs> I've been given and it's great it's great uh, the asking so many different people has anyone what is said friends before a lot of people have said the general idea of of loved ones. I think friends is unique and in, in specific and, and really nice. Thank you. I went obsessed. <laughs> you were <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Your prize will be in the mail. It's a pin from Disney. Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. And uh, I think you, you've uh, spread a very good word about the way to approach the parks and, uh, and many things in life. Have I justified revisiting this topic? Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. You have a different perspective, so it was great. Thank you again. That is our podcast. Goodbye. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So here's a little thing you can look for when you go to the Haunted Mansion only in Disneyland. That years ago, there's a segment when you sing Pepper's Ghost in the ballroom sequence. There are duelists in the back. Well, someone decided that they'd be a duelist, too, and they actually fired a gun 
towards those duelists, leaving a bullet hole in the massive pane of glass, which is how that illusion works. That massive pane of glass was actually lowered into place when there was no roof on the building. So you can't easily replace it. So what are you going to do when now there's a bullet hole in your massive piece of glass? So if you look at the column near there, look towards the duelist, you will see over that bullet hole, they have put a spider. And where the fractures were are a spider's web. So that is how they hid the bullet hole from someone taking a shot at the duelist in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. 